Ready on the roar. Here with Australia still. Right. Delaying it for Icky Tau. Slapped down by Wales. Still with Lonigan. Lonigan's going to go in. Lockie Lonigan and the Wallabies. Can you believe it? From 21 down, they hit the lead. Outrageous in Cardiff. Absolutely outrageous in Cardiff. No other way to put it. The Wallabies with a remarkable comeback victory over Wales at the Principality Stadium this morning. Brett McKay with you for the raw.com.au, Australia's biggest sporting debate. And I'm joined by Raw Rugby expert Jim Tucker and my regular Raw Rugby podcast co-host Harry Jones for the final instant reaction of the year, the Wallabies 39-34 comeback win to wrap up what has been a very up-and-down spring tour of Europe. Oh, boys, that one had everything. Like every, like every Wallabies game this, this year, that one had everything. Oh, completely. That was one for the true believers who stayed up till after 1am in the morning, lonely by themselves, maybe with a cup of coffee or a, a late <laughs> night gin. That's they, Queensland they just, time Jim's uh, talking about, obviously. Uh, yeah, completely. <laughs> um, magnificent performance. And one thing through all the ups and downs of this year, there is great heart in the Wallabies and they never give up. And Dave Rennie's mm. always uh, anchored much of uh, what has been built in his team around that. And that really shone through and some really quality performances. Uh, we'll talk about Nawanganisa Isawasi for mm. sure. Um, but that, that was a quality performance and, and rescued the tour. To come yeah. home one and four from the tour was a disaster. To win like that in the final test of the year, to come home with a 2-3 record and know that they should have beaten Italy mm. uh, if they played it all well uh, gives hope definitely for 2023. Yeah, and probably should have beaten France as well. Harry, it was the first time since 2013 the Wallabies have won their last match on tour and came after the Socceroos had a, had a good 1-0 win over Tunisia in Qatar as well. So good night to be an Australian fan right now. Yeah, it's um, spare a thought for the Welsh fan, right? No, Imagine bugger them. No, Jen- no, 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 no one's it- been sparing a thought for Wallabies fans this year. So sorry, <laughs> Wales. <laughs> Imagine, imagine generations of Welshmen and all the interesting ways that they've lost to the Wallabies <laughs> in the final ten minutes. This is this is yeah. Wallaby tradition: is to steal it at the death from Wales. They've always done it, uh, mm. and now it's back to it. But I also think nothing has come easy one way or the other. You can change three moments in the tour, and it's five from five. You mm. can change two moments, and it's a washout. Yeah. And it's literally like the Wallabies and all their fans are walking on a tightrope on every single match. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's the way to that's the way to put it. Um, it's uh, and and actually, I had a quick look through um, through the, the Welsh conversation on on Twitter post match, and holy moly, it's an absolute bin fire. There's no other way of putting it. Which is flip it around. It's exactly what it would have been if, if the Wallabies had have, had have lost that. We know the tried and true instant reaction format. Let's get straight into our headlines. Jim, you can you can take us away here. Well, initially it was going to be uh, Welsh Roof and the Wallabies spring a leak. Uh, but... <laughs> what, what was the go there? That Roof was opened by about two metres and the middle of the field was like a bog. It was Ridiculous. Oh, it was just just crackpot stuff. 
it goes back to really 1999. Like, if you have a look at the photos of the Wallabies winning the Rugby World Cup at the stadium, the grass looks lush and green, but every commemorative photo was wound up on uh, the light box just to wind up the green because it was a bit of uh, mud on the <laughs> yeah. ground, so they put yeah. artificial green on it just for the photos. <laughs> and that, that's classic Welsh. Uh, you play on a wet ground under a roof. So, I, I really, that's uh, just ridiculous. Makes no sense at all. Harry, what was the headline? Ruff and Renny. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Yeah. No, that's it. That's probably all it needs to be. I, I, as I've said quite a few times, I don't know what the Rennie doctrine is, but it appears to motivate players to play really hard, sometimes very stupid. There were moments where I had Dumb and Dumber as my headline because both teams <laughs> seemed to be wanting to throw it away to the other guy. Yeah. But – it really was one of those things where momentum, uh, once Alan Wynn Jones and um, Ken Owen went off and some of that, you know, that spine of the Welsh team, I, I think I posted pretty early in the second half. I said, is Wales going to find a way to give this to the Wallabies <laughs> again? And sure enough, although it took a lot of taking by the Wallabies. So fair play to Rennie. You know, he catches stick, but he has, he has coached attitude. There's mm. attitude in the Wallaby group that seems to be, um, they're a tough beat. I'm not sure they can win five or four or five, as Jim's been saying. I'm not sure they can win four or five in a row, but they can knock someone out that shouldn't be knocked out. Yeah, yeah, and that'll be interesting, and that will be interesting. I, I think I've touched on that. I, I've just gone. Lonigan goes hero, villain, hero in a manic late win <laughs> because, uh, yeah, Lockie Lonigan didn't have the last two minutes, scores the winning try, gives up what, what might have been the losing penalty, and then comes up with the... The, the winning pilfer and turns it around and kicks it into the stands uh, for like his own personal redemption. It was, uh, it was, uh, and knowing Lockie a little bit, I was just really, really happy for him that he was able to have that, have that moment right, right at the end. Uh, rising and falling. I sort of feel like there's still a fair bit to talk about here, Jim. Do you want to, you want to kick us off there with, with, with who, um, with the rising stars? Well, I'll let someone else uh, have a crack at uh, Australia's wonderful wing performance, but uh, Lockie Lonigan on a roll there. That was elite off the bench from him. Mm. What a difference. Wow. Someone nails all his line-out throws. Doesn't everything look so much better? Like the throw that he uh, snapped in there to set up the line-out-based mm. try was an absolute cracker. He swept round the back. A really crisp inside ball to Nawakani yep, Wasi over yep. try. That was a quality line-out play that you score a try against France, you score a try against the All Blacks with a move like that, and that came from a really good line-out throw. So Lonigan's my stocks rising, um, just because he had such an impact and nailed the essentials of the game. Yeah, yeah. The, in fact, the bench impact in general was was really good. But you're right. I think it's a it's a good shout, and I mean, it's a really good time to be a young hooker in a, in Australian rugby next year because I think that there's a, there's a couple of spots there wide open. Harry, who who did you have rising out of this game? Uh, well, it was a very difficult one for rising and falling because I feel like everyone did a bit of both. Mm. But uh, I'll go Marky Mark on the wing. He was um, very good in the air. He actually did some ruck cleaning. He got over the ball. Mm. Um, he understood space really well. I think he shaded the the really good. I think it was he outplayed all the outside backs. Yeah, for Wales, yeah. I think that was important. Um, I'm looking for someone who would 
who sparked the um, the comeback. And I suppose it wasn't so much that Tate McDermott was so great, is that he was so much better than Jake Gordon was on the day. So I'm kind yep. of tipping my hand on the falling. But I do think that that really helped to have someone clear the rock quicker, be decisive, understand that test rugby is not made up of five seconds. It's little one-second increments, and you have to do things very quickly. Um, yeah, I, I still – and also a shout-out, even though I think Alan Wynne-Jones was the best lock in the field, I think Nick mm. Frost did play well. So I'll say his, his stock continues to rise because he's up against one of the greats. Yeah, no, that's, that's not a bad shout either. I – Bench impact was the first thing I, I I wrote down, and 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 Dave Rennie went to his bench early for a change. Like even mm-hmm. you know even Noah Lolosio come on. Uh, when, when was it? With about twenty to play, maybe twenty five to play. In fact, he was on the fifty fourth minute. McDermott was on a similar sort of time. Uh, Lockie Lonigan came on around then as well. Ned Hannigan came on for uh, for Caden Neville, and they all had impacts in in, in different ways. They were all. Really, really good. But I'm going to go to Len Igitao because oh, he's just been – I think he's capped off um, – and, and, he, and he might even be a shout, Jim, for the for the John Eels medal because he has just been so consistent this year. He, he, he missed one – he missed the one of the England tests, came back off the bench, started every game since. And I feel like on this tour particularly, he's just got better and better with each game. He was often the spark that – Found the outside backs that put Nwanga Nitawazi in in uh, in space. Um, just defence was great. Um, he's just. I feel like he's had a had a fantastic tour to finish. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And if you look at the team that Australia didn't put on the field, you could almost say that Lenny Katow was the one first stringer that was on the field tonight. I'll run through a team: Tupo, Pareki, Bell. Rodder, Skelton in a tight five. Hooper, Valentini, say Lockie Swinton. Uh, White, Cooper, Karevi, uh, Kellaway, Corabetti, Banks, all injured or unavailable. Mm. And Len Ekitao, you'd just say he's the starting number 13. Yeah. So there, there's literally a better team that was not playing in that test match. And uh, credit to, to the Aussies. There were guys that, that stood up and scrapped and, and did little things like uh, ben Donaldson, we'll talk about his first test. He made a couple of really good kickoffs. Like That's an understated part mm. of the game. We won back three, three of the f- first four kickoffs through his preciseness there. Um, Patea did some, some good things, but then made a shocking read out wide, came in off his wing and uh, put Australia in a desperate situation on their line where Jake Gordon gave up another yellow card. Yeah. So they're... There's things that go back and forth with these wallabies that mm. make even hairless people like me pull the last threads out. <laughs> yeah, it's a good it's a good shout. It is a good shout. We probably do need to touch on the stocks falling, and I I, I think Jake Gordon's um, yellow card headlines that it was just he if it wasn't offside. He probably could have been pinged for the deliberate knockdown anyway. And in that situation, on the line, you know, where they'd already given up uh, a couple of penalties at the at, at the at the same time, um, you know, and it and he gives away say second yellow card in two tests. I think it might even be his third for the for the year. It's just it's dumb play. It's really really dumb play. And just as I said, it's a good time to be a young um, a young Australian hooker. I think the third scrum half spot is wide open. I think it's wide open for 
a Ryan Lonigan for uh, you know Kalani Thomas up in Queensland for Isaac Fines Lully Wasso over in the West as well. If any of those guys have a storming year next year, they can absolutely put themselves into into World Cup contention because of stupidity like what Jake Gordon showed tonight again. Fair, Harry? Yeah. Um- yeah, I think it's it's strange. Like, I think as a club player, you know, he's a captain, uh, and he was instrumental in the Waratahs turnaround. Mm. So you have to believe you have to believe that at a club level, he's a smart player. But it seems to vacate him at the Test level right now. He's he's doing he de- he's doing too much. He plays hero ball, um, the quick tap thing in running running down blind alley. Test rugby, there's very few times where Test where quick tap makes sense, but it's certainly not in midfield um, down the middle. And with no running, one, running no one away else, from your support, yeah, with, with no one else having a yeah. clue. Um, so yeah, for I think that's right. Uh, for me, the Tom, the both Toms didn't do great. Uh, Tom Wright has these annoying moments of um, of just hair on fire, and I think it sometimes <laughs> puts his team in trouble. And then uh, Tom Robertson, I think, is not really um, a test caliber lo- uh, prop for me. Uh, in the end, he, he can be found out. So. Those two probably stood out for me. I, I see. I, I think Ben Donaldson had a good game, and yet mm. the Wallabies got got better when he went off. So it's kind of I'm having a hard time processing that. Yeah, that's actually fair, Jim. And I, and I was going to bring Donaldson's performance up. I, I, like I thought he was, I, I thought he was fine. I thought he did did the little things right. But you're you're right, Harry. As soon as Lolasio come on amongst that wider bench change, there yeah. was more impact. There was more spark. And so, how much of that is? Lolasio doing more than Donaldson is a bit hard to say, but um, I think he went all right in his in his run on debut, Jim. Yeah, I, th- I think he he was competent. Uh, Lolasio did a really nice uh, little interchange for that try. Uh, drop back, took the ball mm. back a little bit, uh, spread it to Igatau try. So that, that was a nice uh, clinical play. Uh, I, my stock's falling, and, and it's a marginal one. I, I'd say Fraser McWright. Mainly yeah. because of Pete Samu's uh, exceptional rise this year as an Im- really making impact, uh, you cannot underestimate how important was his energy to grab that intercept. Um, when when you put pressure on another team, it, it was just a careless little trip, but it, it was a, became a yellow card against the Welsh, mm. and that's part of a turning point where you get a, an impactful player who's really hustling. And Pete Samu's done that, and. I don't think anyone should overlook uh, Tim Horan as commentators throwing in just that delicate uh, comment. Maybe Pete Samu, he has to be in every starting back row uh, for the Wallabies in 2023 mm. and maybe consider Michael Hooper off the bench. Yes. Uh, Tim Horan never mm. says anything uh, without contemplating it deeply. Uh, so that that's a real uh, comment of substance from Tim Horan and uh, something – uh, perhaps uh, people higher up the chain have got to think about that Pete Samu is mm. an out-and-out starter. And the idea of Michael Hooper coming off the bench for the last half an hour of games is actually quite tantalising, isn't it? Just on the two-brick uh, yellow card, anyone else think that should have been straight red for what was a pretty deliberate trip? Yeah, for me oh. it's a red, but I also say this: for eighty-five years, that would never have been caught in a. That, would never <laughs> caught. that was an excellent yeah. trip. Yeah. It looked so much like it was accidental, but then when you looked at it, you're like, "Oh no, no, that was real." Yeah. And even Tapiri had that kind of cheeky look on his face, like, "Oh, you got me." <laughs> <laughs> I, I, yeah. I went red just because I think uh, Samu had a 
I had a re- legitimate opportunity to go long there. I don't know how yeah. he might have scored. I don't know. He's got he's got wheels. So yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I was I was surprised, Jim. There wasn't even any conversation around it. They just sort of went straight for yellow, and that was that. Yeah, I, I guess it was the, the fact it was such a split second uh, yeah. moment that and- uh, Samo Samo had a tipperick on on a skatey, gluggy, horrible. Feel yeah, under a roof. Yeah, yeah. Uh, on the, in in the, the, the two meter, the two meter rice paddy. <laughs> <laughs> what a good call! Yeah, it was. Yeah, that, that's astonishing stuff. I have to say, also, I, one of the great moments. I was I was on Welsh commentary, and the guy said on one of those mole drives that was going at about fifteen kg kilometers an hour. He said that's the fastest that Ken Owen has moved since he was chasing an ice cream tr- ice cream truck. <laughs> <laughs> that's good too. That's very good too. Uh, look, Dave Rennie was a um, was a very satisfied coach uh, post match, a relieved coach, I think. And um, this is him talking with uh, Andrew Merton on the stand broadcast. Rens, um, can you give us a summary of your feelings throughout the game, start to finish, because that was a game that had everything. How how did it pan out for you and for the group? Um, oh, look, we um, well, they had momentum early. Uh, you know, we had, we had uh, end up with a couple of yellow cards, repeat scrum offences, and oh, I think Jake is tough, but he's he's got off a line, he's trying to make a tackle, his hands hit the ball, and uh, we're under pressure at that stage, so we get it. But uh, so they had all the momentum early, and then uh, we managed to wrestle it back and put them under a bit of heat, and they end up giving up a couple of yellow cards, so allowed us to finish over the top. Anything specific you had to do to change? Was it was it just a matter of getting your hands on the ball or defending differently when they got their big forwards running? Yeah, I felt that um, if we played it right into the field and, and build some pressure, you know, they looked tired in the first half when we went uh, multi-phase, and you know, so we felt we could uh, put a bit of heat on there, and uh, we got great impact off the bench. Uh, I mean, we put them on pretty early because we were struggling early, so uh, I thought they were fantastic. Any specific moments or players that you've got a, a young group, a, a very changed group? What stands out to you as a coach, apart from the whole performance of the team, obviously? Any particular moments? Oh, I mean, it's just more around the character and the belief. Uh, you know, 34, 13, um, you know, a team could have packed that in, but try to stay in the fight and keep believing. And uh, so, again, like I said, I, you know, our guys off the bench, uh, we needed some genuine impact and uh, they had a massive say tonight. That final 20 minutes, would it be some of the most satisfying moments of the season for the Wallabies' perspective? Yeah, oh, look, we've had uh, so many tight losses, so to steal one at the end, you know, when you're down by as much as we were, is hugely satisfying. So, um, oh, look, I'm wrapped for this group, um, wrapped for the staff. We've got an unbelievable group of excellent people. Um, yes, yeah, so it's nice that we're going to get to celebrate and have a couple of quiet ones tonight. And what's the plan after that? Of course, go into summer, but there's plenty going on, obviously, with World Cup and stuff like that. What are your movements as coach now? Yeah, um, obviously, we'll get back, and we've got a couple of weeks. We've got to get around the States and um, give a bit of feedback, IDPs on each individual and, and uh, what their focus is and, and what their season looks like next year. And um, so, so we'll get that done. We've got a bit of World Cup planning before Christmas, and then... Um, you know, hopefully we'll get a couple of weeks off spend with family. Great way to finish off the season. Congratulations. Yeah, no, thanks, Mitch. Appreciate it. And he, he's nailed it there, Jim. You know, tight losses, bench impact tonight. And that is a, w- a win worth celebrating for. I think they'll enjoy the, the beers in the, in, in the dressing Well, they would have enjoyed the beers in the dressing room after that one. Well, it, it throws a catapult 
effect into next year. Mm. There's good vibes for the off-season. That's so important. And some of the players that have come through just at the end there, Nawakanita Wasi, uh, Lockie Lonigan, uh, players of that ilk, uh, really have a uh, bounce in their stride mm. preparing for Super Rugby year, next year, knowing there is an opportunity there if they want to uh, press on with, with good performances. So mm. really significant for the Wallabies. Uh, just as significant are uh, some of the long-term injuries that won't be cured by the time the first test of next year rolls around. There's no yeah. Tupo. Uh, there won't be a Quade Cooper. So there's lots of drama still to play out for this Wallaby yeah. team and it really will be uh, gossamer threads holding the the team together mm. and it might not be till the very first World Cup game that we get our best team yeah. on the field. If we if we keep going on that, Jim, there's there's obviously um, there's obviously you know no no what's next for next week. So how how brutal does the Wallabies debrief of the tour need to be and and, and what do they take out of it going forward? Oh, they do. They have to be completely brutal. There's no uh, coming second, as they say. Uh, I think the first thing, uh, you don't have three Achilles injuries in a season without there being mm. something amiss well, with the way, uh, four, with the yeah. way they're uh, being prepared or the way they're being uh, run too hard at various mm. times. I mean, that that's just speculation, not, not fact that I know of, but they have to examine that very closely uh, to work out uh, what adjustments they have to make there but uh yeah dave rennie can have a degree of comfort uh, coming off this result but as we've also got to be realistic wales uh are a modest team uh, by world standards now um australia if they're going to have an impact at the world cup they've got to be thinking about knocking off the top four teams mm. yeah yeah and and wales certainly lost what little shape they had, it was all gone completely once Gareth Anscombe went down with that um, with that shoulder injury. Uh, look, look I, I agree with you. They need, they absolutely need to celebrate this win, celebrate finishing the year on the high. But they've got to get so many things in place for the start of Super Rugby next year, and and they've only really got, you know, six or eight weeks to do that. So it's going to be a big challenge for uh, for the Australian hierarchy there going into twenty twenty three. Harry, for people who might have gone straight back to bed after the Wallabies and didn't watch the England South Africa game. Sum up, <laughs> sum up the win at Twickenham's Twickenham <laughs> for uh, the box for me. It was beautiful. Uh, Twickenham looked beautiful. Everything was lovely. The DJ was wonderful. Uh, the referee had an outstanding job. Gus Gardner was probably the best referee I've ever seen. Uh, the ball seemed to fly sweetly through the air. Every set piece was a joy. Let me just like plot reveal here. England got humiliated at home. <laughs> at the end of the match, they were just trying to score. There were sarcastic jeers. There were thousands leaving, I think, 25 minutes to go. The margin was three converted tries for the longest time. And then finally, I think England squeaked one in. But by the end of the match, uh, Marnie Lubbock was taking a shot at a five-meter line out just to rub it in more. Yeah. Uh, there is th- That is not a great team in England. They have not – I think they've regressed – since 2019. Yeah. I think you can say that there's a uh, green shoots for the Wallabies. I think you can see sometimes where Scotland is going. I think England is kind of um, in, in some sort of a circular uh, walking mm-hmm. pattern where they don't know where they want to go. Um, yeah. I, I think, I think the Wallabies have a real shot next year at the world cup. 
mm. if this is the if these are the teams on the side of their draw. Well, even if they only have half the injury list from this year, they'll they'll have to be in a better position for sure. So, yeah. Well, I will say for the Wallabies, it, the question you had for Jim, I think def- soft tries. The yeah. Wallabies have to not concede so many points. I actually think the Wallabies have a decent uh, enough amount of real athletes on the field to score some interesting tries. But there's just, I mean, that's just too many points to give up to mm. to Wales. And yeah. there's been a bit of number, like the Argentina game in Argentina. You, I think I think that has to not happen again in 2023. Two two tries max, maybe on a bad day three, but mm, you know, fours. not that many. You're not yeah. going to win too many too many tests conceding four tries. That's yeah. that's for sure. And so I'm glad you mentioned that uh, Angus Gardner had a good game there. Maybe we won't have so many social social media posts this week. Which will make for hey, all, the a refs nice... are, all, all the refs are wonderful when the box win. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Exactly right. But we might leave it at that. Another instant reaction and the last instant reaction for the year behind us after the Wallabies. Incredible 39 34 comeback win over Wales in Cardiff in the fifth and final match of the spring tour of Europe. Um, thanks, Jim. Thanks, Harry. Thanks for. The instant reactions all year. It's been a, a format that we sort of wondered whether it would work, and it absolutely has. Um, and it has worked because uh, because of you know the, the the way we talk it all through. And it's it's been really really good this year. Thanks very much. Great been a pleasure, fun. Brett. Yeah, we'll have uh, all the fallout today, tomorrow, and throughout the week on the raw.com.au, Australia's biggest sporting debate, the home of all your favourite international rugby analysis and opinions and conversations. Thanks so much for your company. Harry and I will be back midweek for the next episode of the Raw Rugby Podcast, and we'll look back over the spring tour and what it all means.